0: Welcome back to my Love Letter Time Machine. Hi, I'm Ingrid Birchall Hughes, and I'm serialising the love letters of my great great grandparents, Fred Shepherd and Janie Warburton. Travel 140 years back in time with me now, where we take a look at Victorian history through their eyes. And today, Janie comes back from a holiday visiting Fred in Middlesbrough, and we are graced with a local celebrity. Hello and here we are with season four of the podcast. I've had a really good rest and I'm really happy to be back. Before the break you might remember that Janie had gone to Middlesbrough with her companions Miss Smith and Annie Wortley to visit Fred and to take her first look around what will be her future home. Fred had arranged for her and her friends to stay at his old lodgings with his former landlady Mrs Gordon It looks as if Janie managed to stay for at least five days before returning to Sheffield in time to attend the Darnall feast. The letters that follow her return show a marked shift in tone. Both Janie and Fred seem to be aware that the end is in sight. It feels as if we are properly kicking downhill towards their wedding now. Also, over the course of the next few weeks, I think we'll see that Janie opens up a bit more about her day-to-day home life, and I'm only now properly understanding just how unhappy she was. To me, it looks as if she was pretty neglected emotionally and pushed around, not just by Emma, but by her mother Maria, and even at times by her father James. To come back to all this after what appears to be something of an idyllic time with Fred, well, it's not surprising that Janie is dealing with what looks like a huge comedown. Darnall, July the tenth, eighteen eighty-two. My own darling husband, I arrived all safe at twenty to six in Sheffield. It was very hard to part again, love. I felt very low indeed, but we must not get downhearted. We shall soon be together for ever, darling. So we will try to look forward to it, and not think so much about the present. The ride was very pleasant, as pleasant as it could be under the circumstances. We had to change at Eaglescliff, and then Mr Marston got in with us and took care of us like a father. He is a very nice old man. We had to change again at Thirsk and at York. We had very comfortable carriages all the way. I have a feeling now, as if I am not in the right place. I felt so settled love at Middlesbrough. We were wishing we could go back again when we got to Eaglescliff. It has been a happy time, darling. I am writing this at your mother's. I caught the twenty-past-six train to Darnall. There was a great many people going. I felt nearly fit to faint our carriage was so full. But I have got here all right, love, and they are all very well, your mother and all of them. I remain at your house. You must excuse the writing and style. I am rather tired, and it is post-time. I love you more than ever, my own husband.' and only wish I could be with you to have a nice walk in the park, if only for a few minutes. Good night, love. I think I am shutting you out at Mrs Gordon's. I remain always my darling, your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. P.S. I enclose a programme. The North Eastern Steel Company Limited, Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, July the 11th, 1882. My own darling wife, I was very glad to receive your welcome letter this morning, love, and so glad to know you arrived all safe. I am pleased to hear that you had a pleasant ride, and wish I could have gone back with you, my darling. It would have then been very pleasant. I feel very thankful to Mr. Marston for taking such good care of you, and pleased that you had good carriages. The feeling you have, love, that you are not in the right place. I can quite understand, for I have the same feeling very strongly that you are not in the right place. Your right place is here, love, with your own darling husband. I am glad that you've had such a happy time, love, here, and am looking forward to an even happier time in the near future, wifey. I am glad to hear that they are all well at our house, love. They would be rather surprised to see you then, I think. You must give me Full particulars, love, of how you went on at home, and if they were very severe. I hope they were not, my darling, or else that I could be there with you to bear it for you. Oh, my darling, it is so lonely here now you are gone. Last night there was no Janey to welcome me, and this morning too. I miss you more than ever, my darling wife. I think I could not settle anywhere unless you were with me, and feel the old unsettled feeling again. Last week, I thought Middlesbrough was a very desirable place to live, but this week I think it is awful. Just fancy, love, getting tea by myself after having had it with you last week. I wish next Thursday was to be the great day, wifey, and I should have you back again. But I will not distress you, darling, with vain wishes. It will not be long now. Did Ginny forgive you for not being at the feast early? I forgot to tell you to remember me to everybody, love. I thought of nothing but you. I remember last week at this time, we were at Saltburn, my darling. It was glorious love, wasn't it? I thank you very much, love, for the programme of the sports, and remain your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. It was so lovely to read in this letter that Fred had had the chance to take Janie to the seaside at Saltburn, particularly after that beautiful letter about the last time he visited the place. You might remember that he almost got cut off by the tide in a moment of distraction and ended up having to wade back to shore. The feast, he mentions, is the Darnell Feast and Athletic Sports Day that Janie obviously made the effort to come back in time for, particularly as it was hosted by the Darnell Wellington Cricket Club and Janie's Aunt Staniforth would have been much involved with the catering. The Feast seems to have always been held on either the first or second week of July. Sheffield Parish Church, which became Sheffield Cathedral in 1914, is dedicated to St Peter and St Paul, and their feast day in the Anglican calendar is the 29th of June. So I'm wondering if the Darnell Feast commence on the first available Monday after the Saints' Day. There are reports of the feast in the newspapers going back to 1820. It was a very popular event, regularly attracting between two and a half and three thousand visitors every year. Many came for the sports, and many came for the gala and dancing held after, that would go on into the late hours. This year, it would appear that many visitors also came for a glimpse of a local celebrity. The report for the feast held this year appeared in the Sheffield Independent on Tuesday, the 11th of July, 1882. I love how much it gives a flavour of the local event, and you'll be able to spot canary thief and suitor to Ginny Reckless, David Craven, getting a mention. Darnall Athletic Sports. These were held at the Darnall Cricket Ground yesterday afternoon, in the presence of a large attendance of the spectators. The officials included Mr Pritchard, Mr Gibbons, Mr C E Laycock, Mr W Bolsover, Judge, Mr A Craven, Referee, and Mr H Stacey Starter. The Tinsley Brass Band was in attendance and played selections during the interval. The first event consisted of a parade for the neatest costume, which was won by a youth named G. Webster, dressed in black satin drawers and a white vest trimmed with lace. The results of the succeeding events were as follows. 120 yards, for members only, first place Herbert Hobson, second place David Craven. The article goes on with the results of the 440-yard race, the one-mile open, the running high jump, 200-yard hurdles, the veteran race for men over 40, the one-mile walking race. This race was looked upon with great interest on account of the local lad made good, George Littlewood, who just a couple of months before had become the world champion walker. There was also a boar-gathering race, several steeplechases incorporating hurdles and water jumps throwing the cricket ball contest and the quarter-mile egg and spoon race, which was rather pleasingly won by the local curate, the Reverend Depledge, who you might remember Fred having mentioned occasionally. The prizes were distributed to the victors by Mrs A. Craven, and the article finishes saying the sports were a great success and the successful arrangements reflected credit on the officials. Going back to George Littlewood, the champion runner, he was only the runner-up at the Dahl Feast. He had already that year set the six-day world record for walking 431 miles. Born the same year as Alfred in 1859, George Littlewood came from Raw Marsh, Rotherham, and his prowess in running and walking competitions earned him the moniker of the Sheffield Flyer. He became one of the sporting superstars of his age, and later, in 1888, In Madison Square Garden, New York, he won the six day long distance running race and set another record at 623 and three quarter miles, which wasn't beaten for another 96 years. After a glittering career, he came back to Sheffield using his winnings to buy the Kingshead Pub on Attercliffe Road. When physiologist B.B. Lloyd was writing in the Advancement of Science journal in 1966, he referred to George Littlewood's 1888 world record and described the feat as probably about the maximum sustained output of which the human frame is capable. George died in 1912 and was clearly still beloved and held in high regard as more than 3,000 mourners came to pay their respects to the Sheffield flyer at his funeral. The six-day walking world record that he set in 1882, just a couple of months before the Darnell Feast, in fact remains unbeaten, even today. The fact that he only came second at the Darnell event might very well be down to the fact that he'd probably not quite recovered. The next letter from Janie contains her account of the feast, and it seems that Ginny Reckless was a bit put out. Hansworth, July the 11th, 1882. My own darling husband. I begged a cup of tea at your house yesterday, after which I felt quite refreshed. So I went into the field to see Ginny. She would not speak for a while, but relented a little before I went home. I went up with our Emma and Lizzie. I did not dance at all. There were a great many in the fields, but very few that I knew. I saw Lucy Craven in the tent. They had the large tent this time. Aunt Staniforth had one end of it and the other one was kept for dancing. They had the Tinsley Park Band. We came out of the field at 9.30 and went on to the green. We only stopped half an hour. The people on were not very select. I got home at quarter to eleven. I feel rather tired this morning. Mother says I look as if I had been raking for a month. We kept very early hours, didn't we, love? It can't be with that. About my return they did not say much to me. They said you have got home again of course, I said yes. I wish I hadn't love, I think I might have stopped until Friday and they would not have said much more. I have promised to go down to your house to tea this afternoon and to take your mother to the feast and on the green as she wants to see it. Mother says I can go just after dinner as I have to see Ginny and I've got my work done. Oh darling, I do wish I could be with you tonight just to have a nice walk around the park. I have a feeling now that this is not the place I ought to be in. It has been a glorious time, darling. We did hinder you, love, but I believe you like to be hindered. I do love you, my husband, more than ever. It was harder to part this time, but darling, there will be only one more parting. Then I shall be your happy wife and be with you forever till death us depart. You will feel more lonely now than ever, love, now that you have not your wife with you to pour your tea out or look after you a bit. It is such a pleasure to do anything for you, darling. I shall have to give up now. It is dinner time. I remain, as always, my darling husband, your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. (laughs) Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, July the 12th, 1882. My own darling wife, I was very pleased to receive your loving letter this morning. I am glad to hear that you did not dance, love, but hope that you did not deprive yourself of any pleasure by doing so. It was very silly of Ginny not to speak to you, love. She could never have thought that you would leave me to come even to Darnell Feast. I suppose the long journey would not cue up, love. It could not have been the late hours altogether because you looked all right other mornings. I am glad they did not say much to you, darling. I'm very sorry now that you left before Friday. Mr Cooper went to Sheffield this morning and I could have been with you this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon as well. But it will not be long now before you are with me altogether, my darling. I wish I could have taken tea with you last night, love, and gone on the green with you as well. It would have been like old times. I do feel lonely darling without my little wife to look after me but I shall have her soon and then I shall look after her as well. Would you like a list of the furniture we selected love on Saturday night or can you remember them all? I can send you a list and the estimate we made out if you like and then you can see how it fits as we go on. If you can think of anything more that is absolutely necessary I can perhaps put on the screw a little more to provide for it. With reference to the cake boxes and cards, will you let me know how many we shall want, and then I can arrange for them. I suppose to the ordinary people we shall not send cards, shall we? I wish it was over, darling, the great day, and we had got nicely settled down, my darling little wife and me, and then we might have a little quiet happiness. I remain my darling wife, your loving true and faithful husband, Fred. Hansworth july thirteenth, eighteen eighty two. My own darling husband, I was pleased to receive your welcome letter this morning. I don't know what I should do without them, love. It has been a miserable day, both inside and out of doors. I think Mother has been trying to see how nasty tempered she can be, or perhaps I feel it more after our loving companionship for a week. I feel rather downhearted today. But darling, I must not give way. I shall be with you forever, very soon. My reception was not very loving last Monday, but not less than usual. They never asked how I was. They only said what I told you. I felt it very much just coming from you. I thought I would keep it to myself, love, but now it feels as if I can't this afternoon. They don't give you credit for any feeling at our house. But darling, I will not trouble you about these little things. I will look forward to the happy future. I shall not have long to be at home now, love. I have reckoned the weeks. It will be 13 weeks today, to the great day. Then I shall be your happy wife. I do feel sorry I did not stop until tomorrow, especially as you could have had two half days. I went down to Darnell on Tuesday, but it turned out very wet. I went up to see your mother. It was not fit to take her down to the Wellington, and there was no dancing. She seems very well indeed at present. They knew I was coming home last Monday. Louisa saw our Emma in the afternoon, so she told her. Mother went down to Darnell on the Sunday. She was not going to disappoint her. I was very pleased she was so obliging. Last night, it was a nice night. So I took your mother on the green. She wanted to see them dance. I kept my promise, darling. I did not dance with anybody but girls, not even with Henry. I did not feel I debarred myself of any pleasure. It is not much without you, darling. This is the week of depression Mr Banks said we should have. I felt leaving you this time more than ever, my own husband. But we shall soon be together, love. So I won't despair. I wish you could have been with me last night, love. I should like a list of the furniture we selected, love. I will tell you on Sunday how many cake boxes and cards we shall want, darling. I wish we were nicely settled, love. But we shall be soon, and we shall be quietly happy. I remain my darling husband, your loving true and faithful wife, Janie. Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, July the 14th, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your welcome letter this morning for which I thank you. I am sorry, love, that you should have had such a miserable day. I am sorry, too, that your mother should be so nasty with you, darling, for I am sure you never gave her cause for it. Perhaps it is the contrast, love, as you say, between last week and this that has had a little to do with it. You must not get downhearted, my darling, for you will soon be my little wife, and then there will only be me to be nasty with you. And I know you will not mind that, will you? You must think that it will not be long now, and then you will be happy. You are right, love. They do not give you credit for much feeling. Everybody seems wrapped up in self. Did your mother receive my letter? What did she say about it, love? I am glad you took my mother out, love. It would do her good to get out a bit. I suppose she would want to dance, didn't she? It was so good of your Emma not to disappoint your mother. That is the first time on record, I should think. I am pleased you kept your promise, darling, but I never expected you would break it, wifey, for I have implicit trust in you. I expected you would feel leaving here very much, love, this time, for we were so happy but we shall be even happier when we are married, darling, for then we shall not be tormented with the thought of parting. I intended giving you a list of the furniture, love, but I have not had time. I will send it to you on Sunday. I also intended giving you a good long letter today, love, but we have been so busy that I could not screw one in. I've had almost a hundred letters today. It is now eight o'clock, and I have not had any tea, so you must excuse me. I remain my darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. Poor Janie sounds so down, doesn't she? I know we are used to Fred being a bit sunshine and showers, but it seems so unusual to see this level of despondency in Janie. Next week, Janie seeks distraction from her sadness by going on a picnic, and everyone seems rather worried about Ginny Reckless. In the meantime, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank my Kofi supporters. I recently reached my first goal, so Kathy, Eleanor, Emma P, Gwen Vars Garden, Instadan73, Jeannie, Karen, Rosalind, and Sean, thank you all so much. I'm so grateful for your generosity. Your support means I can pay for hosting and subscribing to music and sound effect libraries, as well as the British newspaper archives. If anyone would like to help out, you can buy me a coffee or make a monthly contribution at ko-fi.com forward slash my love letter time machine. That's kof o - f forward slash my time machine. Thank you so much for listening to My Love Letter Time Machine. I'd very much like to share Fred and Janie's story with more people. So if you haven't already, can I ask you to share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it? You can also find excerpts of Fred and Janie's letters on Instagram at Machine, all one word. And you can write to me at mylovelettertimemachine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care.